In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Our reading for our focus this morning is the epistle reading from Romans 8. You may be seated. Dear Saints, if you'll permit me to brag for just a moment, I wanted to say that I probably have the best job that a guy could ever want. You all literally pay me to study the scriptures so that I can tell you and other people more and more about Jesus. That's basically all this boils down to, and it is beautiful. I have walked with saints to the gates of heaven, singing the hymns of the faith and pouring into their ears the promises of the resurrected and ascended Christ I have halted death's advance with the weapons of Christ's word and his sacraments. And now serving in this office for nine years this past week has been a humbling and beautiful experience. But it's also been hard. People from my past and even some from my present treat me differently or have avoided me because of what my career is. It's sometimes difficult to call sinners to repentance because my sinful flesh wants to be liked and it wants to be comfortable. And I know that I cannot lead the blind if I myself am blind to what requires of us and refuse to apply my, to the word of God to my life and to yours. I have wept at bedsides with families. I've buried people that I've grown to love very dearly. I have preached to an empty sanctuary and a video camera way too many times. And this week, as I was driving from one place to another to bring the comfort of God's word to a family in need, someone said what I'd been thinking all along, that when I left for vacation a few weeks ago, the wheels kind of fell off. But I'm not here to tell you about my own hardships. You have your own that you have brought before the Lord this morning. We are engaged with forces of darkness that proudly march across our cities and towns, calling themselves advocates of love and inclusivity when they are anything but. A dear saint has recently been moved from her home into a nursing home and has not adjusted very well, to say the very least. We were hit hard by COVID these past few weeks. And one man died. Consider what burdens you yourselves have carried here today. Today, the Apostle Paul, in our letter to the Romans, compares the suffering of this present time to that of a weight. And it's a rather good comparison. Think about the last time that you lifted something heavy, whether you were moving boxes or furniture, pumping iron, or lifting a piece of big equipment, Did your body suffer? Did you strain to lift 
and move? Did your joints creak and pop? Did you sweat? While these things may not be totally duplicated when you're mourning a loved one or enduring some other kind of suffering, the comparison to what we go through physically isn't that far off. Anxiety can sit on our chest and make breathing difficult. Perhaps you, like me, have had those days where it's hard to put one foot in front of the other and continue on because even your very limbs feel heavy. This is what St. Paul is getting at. Consider Joseph, who is the main character in our Old Testament reading today. He was hated by his brothers. They threw him into a pit and planned to kill him, but instead they decided, well, it's better to sell him into slavery in Egypt, and they faked his death to their father. While in Egypt, he worked faithfully in the house of Potiphar, only to be accused falsely of trying to sleep with his master's wife. This, of course, landed him in prison, where he rightly interpreted the dreams of Pharaoh's cupbearer, only to be left in jail and forgotten for at least two years, Genesis tells us, before he was brought out to interpret Pharaoh's dreams, which sets up what we read about at the end of Genesis. Or consider St. Paul, the writer of our uh, epistle for today. He summarized his suffering in 2 Corinthians 11, saying that he'd been imprisoned, beaten countless times to the point of death, beaten with a whip, beaten with rods, stoned, shipwrecked, threatened by false Christians, and suffered hunger and thirst. To make matters even more poignant, he said that he faced all these things while working to spread the gospel of Christ into the world. Now this brings us, I think, to another relevant point. How often has the thought occurred to you that it's odd that as a Christian you suffer while the rest of the unbelieving heathen world does not, or they don't appear to at the same rate. Even the psalmist cries out, truly, God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart, but as for me, my feet have almost stumbled, my steps had nearly slipped, for I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. The sufferings of this life are indeed a burden that we carry. There's an old proverb that says, life is a balancing act. You hear people say this sometimes when they talk about a variety of things. Dr. Seuss, of all people, quotes it in one of his books, using it to encourage children to take care how they live their lives as they grow up. I think most people use this proverb to characterize a busy life that has a lot of commitments. Some will use it to warn against a life of excess. But the proverb may also be well applied here. Picture in your mind one of those old balance scales that you may have used in school. It has the two plates on either side of a stand 
and is connected in the middle at the fulcrum uh, and it kind of makes this balancing thing. You're supposed to put one thing on another side and another thing on the other side to kind of compare weights to see which is heavier. It's like a, a teeter-totter, I guess. On the one side of this scale is the suffering of this life, heavy and oppressive. Creation itself groans under the weight of the curse of suffering. St. Paul says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. And so the other side of this scale is not unoccupied. There is something to compare it with, something to weigh against it, to see which has the greater claim upon us. The word glory that St. Paul uses here is interesting in the Bible. The Hebrew word we usually translate for glory means something like weight or heft, as in something that is heavy. This is a beautiful thing for our mental picture of the scale. Glory is something heavy and something weighty. If it's got, it has body, if you will. And St. Paul says that the two things are suffering on the one side of the scale and the glory that is to be revealed to us on the other side of the scale are not worth comparing to one another. Well, what does that mean? Well, in one of my favorite passages of Scripture, St. Paul takes up this image again. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. He says, So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen but to the things that are unseen for the things that are seen are transient but the things that are unseen are eternal saint paul recognizes that right now we are suffering that's what he means when he says our outer self is wasting away. It's coming to nothing. This conjures for me the image of someone in their last days. I remember back in 2007, Andrea and I were just newly married. And that Thanksgiving, my grandpa got sick again and he started to decline. Now, he was a big guy. I mean, he was big in every meaning of the word but towards the end he began to lose a lot of weight he was literally wasting away to nothing likewise saint paul says that our outer self is wasting away but even as our outer selves are wasting away he says that our suffering is light it is momentary our suffering is light. That means that it doesn't have much weight at all, especially when we compare it to the weight of glory that is beyond all comparison. Imagine that eternal life will be so glorious that we will not even recall 
an ounce of suffering in this life. Even though we see it and we feel it now and oh, do we ever feel it. He says that it is temporary. But the weight of glory is eternal. Dear saints, this glory isn't just some nebulous concept that we don't that doesn't have any weight to it, if you'll pardon the pun. Glory means two things. First, it means that we are noticed by our God. The ancient Christian writers up through the Middle Ages speak this way about glory. It seems odd that the God who knows everything would see would need to notice us. But this is the way Jesus speaks to us in the end of one of the parables. He says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. The Lord notices the works of the good and faithful servant, and he recognizes him. The Lord noticed him. This is glory like when a famous person is seen with someone who is not. I bet not one of you knew who Kate Middleton was before she was getting ready to marry Prince William. Well, in this case, God, in our glory, will look at us. He will notice us. He has associated himself with us. That's the first meaning. The second meaning of glory is that it also means that we will shine like Christ at his transfiguration. Our light will not be generated from us, however, but it will be a reflection of Christ's glory. His glory will be our glory. This is like Moses' face that shone with the reflected glory of God at Mount Sinai or how the moon reflects the brightness of the sun. This glory that we are coming into is far greater than the present suffering that we are enduring. It is like childbirth, which hurts for a time, I'm told, but gives way to unimaginable joy. And the child is laid on his mother's chest for the very first time. To be with Christ in glory is the true goal of Christianity. God is merciful. His mercy is more than rescuing us from the fires of hell. But it is bringing us with him into his kingdom. But there is something else that gives this glory its weight. We, who are the children of God by our baptisms, are looking for the redemption of our bodies. After all, it is our bodies that must suffer the most in this present age. What really weighs down the glory side of the scale, what really gives it its body, is Christ Jesus himself. Christ Jesus, out of his great mercy for us poor sinners, took on a body to show us that our bodies are not a consequence of the fall into sin. We're not looking forward today to the day that our bodies can simply be shucked off and thrown into the trash. We look forward, as we say in the creed, we look forward to the resurrection of the body and the life of the world to come. And Christ, in his body, born of Mary, 
groaned along with all the creation as he shed his holy and precious blood to set the whole creation free from its bondage and corruption to sin. In the days of his flesh, with groanings too deep for words, the Lord Jesus offered up prayers and supplications to the Father on your behalf. And even now, his blood pleads and groans for us to be God's children, to be declared to be God's children, and to come to the resurrection of the body on the last day. In this way, we are disciples made to be like our masters. Before the crown of life comes the cross. St. Peter reflects on our image of the scale in his first epistle. He says, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Dear saints, our suffering in this present age will give way to an incomparable glory. And in this glory, all the creation will see what God has declared from the foundation of the world, that you are in fact the children of God. As your body is raised from the dead and is redeemed and stands and shines before the throne of God as you sing the praises of him who died and now lives and reigns in glory forevermore. In Jesus' name. And now the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord.